Equality says, may the best person win. So the one that works the hardest, the one who strives and, and pushes and, and has a strong work ethic, they're the one that's gonna win. Equity, on the other hand, says, we will have disparative starting places so that everyone stops or finishes or achieves at the same spot. Welcome in to the second episode of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. I'm Justin Hall alongside Mitch Prosser here. We're talking critical race theory. And again, the point of the mission of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast is to have a dialogue and a discussion to help equip you with the tools you'll need to understand a biblical worldview, we want to shape the Palmetto State from a biblical worldview on all of these topics that we're discussing, and we're leading off, we're batting leadoff with critical race theory. Well, I think it's important for us to understand exactly what we're talking about, and unfortunately, as the critical race theory movement would even explain, uh, there is no precise way to put your finger on exactly what critical race theory is. There have been multiple definitions over uh, time as the theory itself has morphed. Uh, Some would suggest, as we talked about in our previous episode, that critical race theory is a framework, by an academic framework, by which people could draw conclusions specifically about the system as a whole. And uh, you'll hear this term often used in reference to critical race theory, and that is systemic racism. And many Uh, Many people in our culture have seeded the argument that there is systemic racism, not just worldwide, but in America today. And you brought up that point just a moment ago about American exceptionalism. And as I said in the previous podcast, I think it's important for us to understand that it is not until America and England come along that we see an end to slavery and and. No, that doesn't end racism, but it begins the end of many of those worldwide institutions since the dawn and birth of time. It's important for us to understand that critical race theory is an offshoot of critical legal studies. If you want to label this as a liberal agenda, it flies in the face of classic liberalism. Yes. It, that's important to understand here. This is not something that classical liberal, liberal thinkers would say, oh, that's something we would check off the list of things that we were trying to get accomplished. It's a radical and Marxist field of study that analyzes and affects the economic power on law. It really really plays into the idea of socioeconomic status and those hegemonic powers, if you will, those those systemic powers that have been created and uh, that we understand as the way we conduct government and the laws that influence our nation. All of those things are systemically racist according to cultural Marxism, otherwise known as CRT or critical race theory. Marxist views history in a way that's an ongoing class struggle. Ultimately, I think, and this may be a theme that uh, you'll hear a lot in what we're talking about today. Ultimately, what Marxism wants to do, and in, if you're not familiar with Marxism, it's it's the detrimental philosophy that's burst terrible uh, things like communism, socialism, and really what it is, is division. And friends, if you look around you 
and you see what's going on in our nation and in, even in South Carolina right now, good old South Carolina, what you'll find is there is a purposeful division happening right now. Ultimately, much of that is happening through cultural Marxism and critical race theory. It is an eternal racial... This, this is not going to end anytime soon. It's here, friends. It's here. And we need to understand as Christians with a biblical worldview what we need to do to equip ourselves, yes, for the Thanksgiving dinner table, but in day-to-day -day living and conversation because this goes far, far beyond the dinner table. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is part of the fabric and the fiber of who we are, not only as Americans and South Carolinians, but as Christians. And we've got to understand, we must understand what this is and what it means to us. Critical race theory, most commonly referred to as CRT, is an academic discipline with Marxist roots that has begun to come into society at many different angles. And it is viewed through an idea of everything can be viewed through a prism of race and that this issue of race is an eternal racial struggle that continues to have to be overcome at every pass. It says, CRT says that in America, racism is the rule and not the exception and that equal opportunity reinforces rather than reduces Racism. We talked about that in the previous podcast, that these groundbreaking decisions uh, like Brown v. Board of Education, like the Civil Rights Act of 1964, like the 14th Amendment, are now being viewed through a lens that they are actually promoting racial segregation and racist policies and the like. This is a country that has been self a self-governing democracy for the better part of 200 years. And each year, I think we've gotten closer and closer to the creed that we set forth in 1776 and that we have constantly moved and pressed forward to this goal of ultimate equality. And honestly, Mitch, I think we're there. I, 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 don't, I, I would be hard-pressed for you to show me one example to where there is real issues of institutionalized racism more so now than there were pre-1964 Civil Rights Act and certainly uh, in the Jim Crow era. And now there are a couple of misconceptions, uh, misperceptions, if you will, about critical race theory that I think we need to tackle very quickly. And then that's going to lead into a discussion that's probably going to take up the rest of our time on this idea of equality and equity. But the first thing is that uh, what you'll hear is that anyone who opposes critical race theory wants to sugarcoat American history or whitewash American history. Here's the simple fact, folks. Schools should teach the history of the United States. The history of the United States is going to include slavery. It's going to include Jim Crow laws, and it's going to include the battle for civil rights. That's part of history. I learned it. I, I was born and raised in this state. That's part of the curriculum. You learn American history. But schools should also expose students to different ways of thinking, about government, about history, and societal institutions. Certainly, there's not one formative way of educating people. You need to be a free thinker. I think that's important in our society. But schools should not utilize their own curriculum to be premised on the notion that America is an inherently racist, 
uh, country or they shouldn't instruct students that just because you are a certain race, you are either the oppressed or the oppressor. That is not how you should be teaching students in school, and you shouldn't divide them based on the color of their skin. That's against the Civil Rights Act. Justin, we've heard about that thing happening in elementary schools in America. Not in South Carolina yet, but in America, we've heard about some of the things that are happening where uh, either in colleges, universities, even down to elementary schools where teachers and professors are literally dividing the class up, and they're saying, all right, all of you who are minority, go over here, and all of you who are white, go over here. Now, all all of you who are white need to apologize for the sins of your father. It's dividing in nature. It is intrinsically divisive. I love what George Santayana said, and it's often quoted by our people misdescribe the quote to Winston Churchill. George Santayana said, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. I love what you said there, Justin, and I think this is so important. Friends, you need to understand this. At Palmetto Family, and as a conservative, we believe in the free exchange in the marketplace of ideas. There's no doubt that we want to hear differences of opinion. But please understand, we also need to hold those up critically. I, I love in our first episode, you talked about being critical about critical race theory. We need to have a critical eye when it comes to these, not poking fun, not making fun or anything like that. We're not combative, but we need to look through a biblical worldview and that aggregate as we see these things, understanding that some of the components that are in critical race theory may make sense, but overarching as a whole, friends, this is antithetical, absolutely opposed to a biblical worldview. And it is divisive. And, and here's another thing. And, and I love this one, Justin. You could probably speak a little bit more to this. A lot of people gaslight. Yes, By that, I mean, yes. they, they, well, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. Or you're talking about some sort of cultural uh, boogeyman, if you yeah. will. Tell me. Well, that's, that's the big thing about gaslighting. And if you're not familiar with the term gaslighting, there's this old, um, there's this very well-known play. And this man, the reason it's called gaslighting is he and his wife are in the house and every day he turns the gas down just a little bit more and a little bit more every day. So each day the house gets incrementally more dark. Um, and every day his wife says, isn't it kind of getting kind of dark in here? And I don't notice a thing. I don't, I don't see a thing. All the while this is happening and he's telling her that everything's okay. Uh, that, folks, is gaslighting. When you are told, and this is how, this is where I can maybe possibly help equip you. When you are told that it shouldn't matter, why do you care? Why do you care what they're teaching in school? Why does it matter? Why does it matter if they're teaching this? That's what, that's the different right. frameworks. There's either the, well, this isn't, by the way, just really quickly, I'm not trying to poke fun, but if you watch the narrative, I would encourage you each day First of all, if you're watching mainstream news media, best of luck. But if you're watching these, just watch over the course of two months how the narrative changes on a specific topic. We saw this with uh, the group Antifa, um, that it was not even real. That isn't even real. Then it became, well, it's not really a group. It's more of an idea. And now it's a group. Or the defund the police movement. Well, and no one's saying to defund the police. Then it was, oh, well, Republicans want to defund the police. And now we have a congresswoman who's literally saying defund the police and I'll keep my private right. security. It's happening with critical race theory too. It's not, 
It's just an academic framework. We're not trying to indoctrinate your children. Well, actually, it's not what you think it is. It's actually this. It's not even that. Why do you even care? And the goalpost is continually moved, Justin. It will continuously move. And now we've moved it into, and we mentioned this on the last podcast, this is believed, this has been termed to be a new continuing move toward the American civil rights, in the, in the American civil rights movement. This group from Texas flew into Washington to dispute some voter laws that were trying to be passed in Texas. They claimed that they wanted to get a new civil rights act signed. And I sat there and I heard that. And I wonder how many people heard that and thought critically about that. They want to have a new civil rights act. That I don't know. I'm confused what the first one missed. But there's this idea that the American Civil Rights Movement needs to keep going and we need to keep moving forward. Not saying that we could, we can't be more equal in society. Certainly, I think I, I, the goal is to be equal and the goal is to have equality. Uh, but CRT, CRT me, treats people differently based on race. That's right. the whole point. This is not advancing civil rights. This is... I would be I would wager an impediment to civil rights. Right. And I believe Ibram X. Kendi has even uh, in tweets and things like that has even provided uh, a solution for this problem. And that would be opening up a cabinet level position for the civil rights movement and specifically for racial reconciliation in America. We're going to throw some terms out like racial racial reconciliation, white equilibrium. We're going to talk about some of these things in future podcasts and maybe even a little bit today that you may not be familiar with. But ultimately, I think what we're doing here is setting up a framework, to borrow their terminology, right. if you will, to help you understand that this is not simply a framework. Really, ultimately, what this is, is a, it's a level of praxis. There is an ultimate end and goal to all that's happening in critical race theory. And, and to be specific, and I guess we're going to name names. Uh, we've already named a few. Mm-hmm. But the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, it is purposefully, intentionally, go to their website. I I dare you. uh, Don't spend long there because you'll be sadly disappointed. It's not so much about Black Lives Mattering, and I don't know that anybody would disagree that Black Lives Matter. Really, ultimately, what the Black Lives Matter movement, hashtag Black Lives Matter, is all about is dissolving the fabric of America. They are trying to take away the foundational principles that America was founded on. The nuclear family, masculinity. We're being told now that masculinity is toxic. We're being told things like the nuclear family, a mommy and a daddy in the home, the things that you and I understand is pivotal and crucial to society. Those kinds of movements, specifically within critical race theory, are what are being called hegemonic. And that means that they are uh, they are favoring those that set them up. In other words, we made the game and we get to make the rules. And we make the rules in such a way that it will favor us throughout the course of the game. That's silly. Yeah. I think what's important for us to understand that there has never been on the face of this planet, a Christian nation, or a nation, by the way, America is a Christian nation, there has never been a place that was a Christian nation that was 
less free than other places that weren't Christian nations. It's important for those of you listening, friends, understand that as a Christian nation, as founded on biblical principles and a biblical worldview, our nation is a free country and it has set people up for success. And that is the antithesis. It is the exact opposite of what's happening in the critical race theory movement. People's rights are being stripped away and white privilege and dare I say they're redefining what uh, white power looks like and 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 that those sorts of terms they're redefining these and words matter they're redefining these in such a way that if you have a lighter skin tone than someone else you are systemically intrinsically racist and it's divisive we're going further than that it's ideology it's not even your skin color it has everything to do with your ideology i've watched interviews where people have called african americans white supremacists right that doesn't make sense the words don't fit together and by the way mitch to your point you will not find you you will not find a more free country than the United States of America. You won't find a country that has put more emphasis on individual liberty than the United States of America. And here's my challenge: you might be listening right now, and you actually might be thinking, "Well, actually, I don't agree with you," and that's fine. Here's my question, and and I would love if you can find this, get in touch with me. Based on this idea that the America, this this ground framework, you know this bedrock of what we're talking about, critical race theory, is the idea that America is intrinsically, institutionally, Mitch used the term earlier, systemically racist. And I want to come back to this point. Find me one law. Find me one federal law that through the practice of that federal law places a one race over another in terms of starting point, or ending point. Find me one federal law that puts emphasis on one race over the other in terms of making one's life better than the other based purely on race, or vice versa, that makes one's life worse than the other based on race alone. And I, I'm i going to wager you will not find one. Yeah. And I think the, the thing, and you were saying this just a moment ago, is, as we start to wrap up here, there is a clear shift from equality to equity. And there's a concerning move that I'm seeing and, and, and many are seeing with what is being redefined as equity. Now, just very quickly, and this is a 10,000 foot, 30 second view here. Equality is an equal starting place. We all start at the same spot. So if we were all running in a race, you and I would look across from each other at the start line and say, good luck, may the best person win. Equity, on the other hand, oh, and by the way, equality says, may the best person win. So the one that works the hardest, the one who strives and and pushes and, and has a strong work ethic, they're the one that's going to win. Equity, on the other hand, says we will have disparative starting places so that everyone stops or finishes or achieves at the same spot. So instead of starting at the same spot, all the ground and uh, starting spot is level. Instead, we're saying, well, you have disadvantages based on your intersectionality. And so we're going to let you go a little further ahead. 
so that you can stop, finish, succeed in the same place as those who have fewer advantages of you. So what we're really creating and setting up here is a Marxist ideology that everyone gets a trophy. Right. Well, and I, and I want to continue on that, Mitch, as, we, as you mentioned, as we wrap up this uh, episode of the pa- uh, Palmetto Family Matters podcast, this equality and equity conversation. I mentioned the, the, the changing what words mean. I was reading, I, I'm going through the Bible again this year, and I was reading, I, every day I read in the Old Testament, I read a psalm. And a couple days ago, I was in Psalm 33. Um, and in Psalm 33, 5, and this is, a, this is a different version than I'm used to, but that's okay because I, I think we can still get along with it fairly well. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and get a new version here. There we go. Um, there is one in, in, in Psalm 33, 5 where actually the New English translation does say that God loves equity. Um, but if you flip it to the New King James Version, it says he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Um, in different translations, there are points later on in the book of Psalms where the word equity is used. David says, it was either David or one of his mighty men who wrote that psalm who said, you judge with equity. And I remember reading that in the morning and I cringed. I cringed. Because the term equity, like many other words in our English language, have been hijacked. Yep. Have been hijacked, and the meaning has been changed. And literally, y'all, I've been a Christian for a long time. And I literally got squeamish and thought, oh, no. Oh, that can't be what that means. And you have to go back, folks. It does the, meaning, the, the meaning of equity in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Again, trust Merriam-Webster as far as you can throw them sometimes, right? They're changing definitions in one day. Actively. Um, but here's the definition of equity. Justice according to natural law or right. According to the natural law. According to the natural right. Those are laws set up by God. Correct. That is laws ordained and made by God Equity means that everyone is on the same playing field when it comes to being judged at the judgment seat of Christ. That's what that means. That is what it means, is that one day we're all going to be judged based on the same standard, regardless of your race, regardless of your gender, regardless of what your religious beliefs are or where you're from. We will all be judged with that equity. Why? Because in Psalm 33, 5, it says, He, God, loves righteousness and justice. That's what he's here for, and that's what he ultimately wants for his children and for us as human beings, his creation made in his likeness. He wants us to fellowship in that joy and in that righteousness that he has to offer. By the way, ultimately who is to be exalted, glorified, and lifted up in all of this is Jesus Christ. Right. And I love what Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed him the name that is above every name. Can I get a witness? <laughs> so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should give fess. Get this, Justin, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Friends, there will be a day where everyone... Everyone stands before Jesus, and we will exalt him because he deserves 
our glory. Right. And that's, and that's what we want to wrap this up with today. There's a lot more to get into. We're going to continue talking about critical race theory because there is a lot. But the reason we can, and, and I borrow this from Michael Knowles, the reason we can talk about these things with a smile the reason, even though it's hard, and day to day, the world, you feel like the world is caving in on you, and you feel like these things are just beginning to cloud your mind, regardless of what's going on in the world, you think, how can I get through this? I'm here to tell you, my, my father-in-law is a pastor, and uh, he said a couple of days ago um, in one of his sermons, he said, you know, why don't we think about it this way? Instead of all the negative, why don't we think, Lord, why'd you put me here at this time? Because we were made for this moment. You were placed in your, your family was placed in this exact time for this exact reason. It's up to you to determine what the Lord's will for your life is going to be. What did it, first of all, what the Lord's will for your life is and whether you will ascribe to it and do what he says. Um, That's what this is for. But we we can talk about these things with a smile. We can talk about these things with, with positivity and with hope. Because we know how this all ends, and it ends with what you just mentioned and what you just referenced. Um, so, critical race theory is a deep topic. It's one that is divisive for some people, and that's okay. But again, our goal here with the Palmetto Family Matters podcast is to try to shape the Palmetto State through a biblical worldview. And if you want to get involved with Palmetto Family, you can do so. Text the word guardrails, that's G-U-A-R-D-R-A-I-L-S, to 76076. If you do that, you will be subscribed to getting action alerts. The legislative session is a few months away, but I promise you, you're going to want those action alerts on so you know what's going on and what you can be talking to your friends about and your family about. Also, make sure you follow us on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Palmetto Family. Make sure you follow us on those. We're praying for our leaders daily. Make sure you get involved with that and pray for our legislators. I don't care if you've got an R or a D or an I beside your name. You deserve prayer because uh, that is mentioned actually in, in Peter where he talks about honoring God, fearing God, honoring the king, praying for those in authority. So make sure you follow us on our social media channels. And again, text the word guardrails to 76076 to get plugged in and to get involved in our action alerts. And of course, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Thanks for joining us on Palmetto Family Matters. We're so glad that you joined us today. Next time, we're going to talk about some of the systemic issues that critical race theory brings up and how there are hegemonic powers that you need to be aware of. Thanks for joining us on Palmetto Family Matters. I'm Mitch. And I'm Justin. We'll see you next time.